Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, yesterday on Twitter, in our Twitter DMs, which is just the production meeting for this show, I sent you a, a video of the one, the only, the legend, Snoop Dogg, announcing a hockey game, which is incredible content all around, and I'm so mad that I didn't know about it earlier and only found out about it after he did it. But if you haven't seen, I suggest that you go watch it. I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick. Who is someone besides Snoop Dogg that you would want to guest play-by-play announce an ace game? Guest play-by-play announce an A's game. Yes. Oof. Um, Soldier Boy? <laughs> uh, get him in the booth, please. Uh, yes. Lil yeah, B? Th- yeah, Lil B is the other one my mind went to. Honestly, I really want Ricky Henderson in the booth. I mean, I'm sure they've had him in the booth to chat before, but like... That doesn't I need count. To- He's a baseball person. All right, fine. So we mean you want just like other realms of pop culture. Yeah, where like, you know, Snoop didn't really know what was going on, but he did do a great job of acquitting himself by just making up words for what he saw happening. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm not a huge hockey person, but I could tell that a lot of the time he was not using the correct terminology, mostly because he was saying like dropped it, there it goes, get your back, watch your back, there it is, right behind his back. Twenty three trying to slide in where he ride in. Yeah, he's, I love the part where he's like, oh, it's a setup. It's a setup. I like that. All right, all right. Come on, Stabby. Three, retreat, retreat. Set up the play. They're setting it up right now. They're setting up a nice play. Set up drop it. Now they're going to drop it. Here it comes. Okay, there we go. It's a setup. I like that. Here you come from the wing. I think that I want Bradley Cooper to guest announce a Mets game in Jackson main character. Hey, Keith. I just wanted to take another look at you. <laughs> wow, that was glorious. I'm so glad I did that. Um, all right. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about this week because we haven't had a normal week of tipping pitches in a long time. Thank you to everyone who listened at all to our year in review show last week. Um, we're going to be back on our normal track this week. Uh, but before we get into it, I'm Bobby Wagner. And I'm Alex Baisley. And this is another week of tipping pitches. The podcast that leads with not the fact that free agents aren't signing, but instead the fact that Bryce Harper is holding a contest to get a haircut with him. Alex, former MVP Bryce Harper, is from Nevada. He cares a lot about his hometown, talks a lot about Las Vegas, he goes to their hockey games and supports them a lot. So he's holding a contest for charity for the Nevada Childhood Cancer Foundation. The prize for this contest will pique your interest and mine because you'll be flown out and put up in a four-star hotel. You will get to know Bryce Harper over lunch, but more importantly, you will go with Bryce to Blind Barber. (laughs) (laughs) The place that we discovered live on the podcast mere weeks ago was Bryce Harper's barber that cut his hair and has an entire line of product inspired by Bryce. Um, 
This came courtesy of Rachel, who sent it to us on Twitter, and also Caleb McDonald, who tagged us uh, in the replies from Cespedes Family Barbecue. Um, This is our content, man. We've developed a brand. Are you proud of us? I'm proud of us. I am incredibly proud of us. No joke. (laughs) We found a way to congratulate ourselves in the first five minutes of our (laughs) first show of the year. All right, coming up right right off the heels that was like entirely us congratulating ourselves for 90 straight minutes. I love it. Um, Okay, here's what you'll do in the contest. Bryce Harper is known for being ridiculously good at baseball and for rocking ridiculously good-looking hair. How does he do it? You're about to find out because Bryce is going to share with you the secret behind his hair, the blind barber. First of all, not a secret. We already dug it up. I don't know why we're not getting credited right here in this sentence. (laughs) This would be like if Michelangelo said to you, hey, I just painted this thing called the Sistine Chapel, and now I want to show you how I did it. (laughs) Extremely large mood. That's incredibly (laughs) accurate. What a flex from Bryce Harper's people. I assume Bryce didn't write this, but if he did, wow. (laughs) You and a friend will join Bryce at the coolest barbershop there is for a haircut, styling tips, lunch and even some catch wow dreams will you two get mohawks together no promises but we hope you do flights and hotels included and then of course who you'll help as i mentioned before the nevada childhood cancer foundation shout out to them doing all of the good things i want to say top to bottom this is so great yeah (laughs) um I want to ask you live on the podcast, how much money do you think we should pull together to try to get into this? It's one of those things where the more money you donate, the more entries you have into the contest. So the max that you can do is 50,000 entries for $5,000. Do you think we could pull that together? <laughs> so I, I called my landlord this morning. He was like, <laughs> it's, it's cool if you don't pay mo- uh, rent for three months. I totally get that this is a big deal for you. So, yeah, I'm ready, dude. I got like 3,000 bucks to just throw down into this. Let's do it. That's, yeah, thank you. Commitment to the show. I appreciate it. What do you think Bryce's reaction would be if like one of you and me won it? Like, I imagine it's not for us. It's not for (laughs) 22-year-old guys. It's probably for like, you know, Nats fans or like kids or whatever to like go hang with Bryce. Although maybe he is looking for like frat bros to come join him. (laughs) Did you just call us frat bros? (laughs) <laughs> I guess inadvertently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like honestly, yuppies, you know, like not necessarily. Yeah. Like maybe he's looking for new friends. The way that the page reads, and we'll put the link to it in the description. But the way that the page reads, it seems like it's more for you know, like kids who are fans of Bryce, not for like you and I, members of yeah. the media. Yeah, like the the picture of like him leaning down with a silhouette. Like the silhouette is half his height, and it's like this could be you. <laughs> it's like. But we're going to show up and be like, Bryce, I'm a huge fan of your Blind Barber line. Uh, My friend Bobby, uh, he's got the watermelon, mint, lime, whatever, summer smash, hair wash stuff. Uh, We know all about your stuff. (laughs) I got the tea tree oil shit. Yeah, the tea tree oil. The tea tree oil is clutch. You got to explore it if you haven't. It's great for your, it's great all around. Um, I'll, I'll get on that. I don't know why you haven't photoshopped either you or me into that silhouette yet you're yeah, slacking I, on twitter i know right i'm absolutely going to take that top photo where he's holding up a sign and make it say follow tipping pitches <laughs> <laughs> i'm not kidding i don't know why you haven't done that yet <laughs> <laughs> all right this this is great thank you to rachel and caleb for pointing this out to us um we will be entering a small amount of money 
into this contest to try to take our stab at fate and get a perm with Bryce Harper. Yeah, and also support <laughs> the Nevada Childhood Cancer Foundation. We're we're on board with that too. That of course that yeah. goes without saying. Although we should <laughs> say it. Um, okay, like I said at the top of the show. There's been a lot that's happened since the last time we talked. A lot of it's small stuff, not worth full segments because we're not baseball analysts. We're not here to tell you how this year's free agency is going to impact the CBA three years down the line. So what we're going to do is we're going to run rapid fire through some topics that we missed out on and wanted the chance to talk about. Alex, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock for each topic and I'm going to throw it to you for the first one. Are you ready to go? I, I think so. I don't know if I can <laughs> condense this 1,500-word article for whatever reason into three minutes, but you know what? We're going we're gonna to do our best. You got you to gotta really fly through it, man. We got to keep the people fresh. All right. So we never actually talked about the LCL Puig trade, which broke all of our hearts, uh, my mom's included. I, th- I think I actually absolutely ruined her day by saying the LCL Puig got traded to the Reds. Um, so yeah, we have to change our Twitter pick now. I don't know. This has r- ruined, no, our, whole, this has ruined our whole brand. So thanks to the Dodgers for totally not even thinking of us before pulling this really insensitive on their part insanely insensitive this makes me sad just because like Yasiel Puig in Cincinnati doesn't really have the same (laughs) ring to it like it's it's a medium place you know like it's like all right um fine first of all keep this flyover state hate out of my podcast (laughs) second of all nice reference to the good place by using the medium place all right continue you're wasting time yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, of course, this spurred the hot take machine to spew out the the best content that it has. And so here we have a little piece, a column. This was published on December 21st. It's by Bill Plashkey, I think is how you say his name. And he's known for his Yasiel Puig hate. So like this column was coming. But the headline is Dodgers get better. He's also known for being team. on... Sorry to cut you off. He's also known for being on Around the Horn. Like he's like he's a very famous longtime columnist and TV yes, personality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's one of their the the Times' bigger names, certainly. Um and so the headline of this is Dodgers get better of Blockbuster Deal simply by getting rid of Yasiel Puig. Now, Woo! I really don't want to read I don't want to read the whole thing because he went for so long on this. You you just know that like he was like, well, this is my last chance to write about Yasiel Puig. I have no reason to cover him anymore after this. It's going to so, look like, really I get... bad if I keep writing takedowns of him while he's in Cincinnati. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he just like stuffed as much into this as possible. And honestly, it's bad from the first two sentences. He goes, Yasiel Puig was energetic, exciting, and fun. Okay, good, right? Yasiel Puig was also selfish, irresponsible, and ultimately destructive. Um, don't 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 know about that <laughs> how can you refute <laughs> he, that though yeah it's true he goes he talks about his success with the Dodgers that was epitomized by the three run home run in game four of the World Series against the Red Sox the glorious flipping of the bat triumphant raising of the arms blah 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 and his failure here was epitomized only a couple of weeks earlier a couple of weeks earlier before that when a base running blunder against the Braves earned him a rare playoff dugout scolding by manager Dave Roberts. Everybody knows that a base running blunder is definitely worth the same amount of negative value as a three run home run is for positive value. We all know. Yeah, that it actually. Yeah, it actually. That's actually is. how war works. 
<laughs> so, like, the first hundred words of this article are that same format. Yasuo Puig was this, but he was also this. He goes, he captured the hearts of Dodgers fans, but lost the trust of his teams. He, he lost the trust of his team. He won moments, but cost games. He was their biggest star, but their biggest clubhouse burden. The most popular cheer at Dodger Stadium was Puig. But if that low, guttural tone came from the dugout, it would often be a boo. Vince Gulley delightfully called him, <laughs> called him the wild horse. But too many times, Puig acted like the wild rear end of that horse. Wow. Oh, Insanely wow. terrible and racist thing to say. Yeah, wait. What are we doing here? I was going to say it was the best of times. It was the worst <laughs> of times. <laughs> when, are we get, when can we, like, finally put the bookend on using that as, like, a way to lead into a column? That's really, it's like... <laughs> God, Tale of Two Cities was like the fucking 1800s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, I just want to let you know you're already at four minutes and ten seconds, but I was not going to stop you while you're on a roll about Puig. This is your man. Yeah, We have I, to break uh, our rules before we can follow them. Of course. <laughs> that is the famous idiom, break the rules before you follow them. Ten, um, ten final seconds on Puig going to Cincinnati. Um... It breaks my heart, but it's never going to break my love for him. However, if I see Bill Plaschke in a parking lot, turn the cameras Ooh. off because it might get ugly. Wow. Spice. I'm, this, oh my God. This is I wasn't a, this expecting is a, you to call out Bill Plaschke. This is a, this is a, par- <laughs> this is a parody like- podcast. Like You can't bring any charges to me because I just threatened him. Like, please, <laughs> nothing I say, take nothing I say on here seriously. <laughs> my guy, Alex, just said it's on site with Bill Plaschke. <laughs> Okay. All right. Are you ready to uh, just wind back up and go again? Because the next up on the rundown is Kyler Murray and three minutes around the clock. Go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so as if Let I me set thought, the stage. I- I'll stop the timer and I'll, I'll set the stage for you real quick. So the A's first round draft pick, Kyler Murray. We've talked about him plenty on this show. He played quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners last year. And he had such a great season that he actually won the Heisman and broke a bunch of records and all these different things. And so it came out last week from the San Francisco Chronicles A's beat reporter, Susan Slusser. Susan Slusser, the god, as we refer to her on this podcast, <laughs> um, that Kyler Murray is going to enter his name into the NFL draft, which doesn't mean for certain that he will play in the NFL because he could still pull his name out eventually or he could also turn down the NFL. He's really playing uh, uh, hard to get here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as we speak right now, Billy Bean and other executives from the A's front office are going to meet with him to try to convince him one last time not to enter his name to the NFL draft before tomorrow, Monday, we're recording on Sunday, before Monday, where it's the final deadline. So right now, it seems like he's leaning towards football. Um, despite the fact that he said all along he would play baseball. So Alex, as an Ace fan, you have three minutes on the clock. Let's hear what you got. I am sad because (laughs) the A's had drafted a fun and energetic and really uh, flashy player. Don't let Bill Plaschke see him. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um at exactly the right time in their organization, right? Where they're like kind of looking for a star and they're trying to put themselves on the map as like real contenders as a franchise. And obviously there was no way Murray was going to play in the major leagues for a few years, but still it's like, if it coincides with the new stadium a few years down the road, like you have this budding star, two sport athlete, yeah, da da da. 
And then he chooses football. And I'm sad in part because it means that, you know, we're back to like just years and years of A's choosing boring white guys first overall with names like Grant Green or like John Smith or something like that. And Matt Chapman. He, Matt. Matt. <laughs> Olsen. Olsen. I, I will say that like... I am all for Kyler following the money because he's an incredibly talented young man and I I am not going to hold it against him for making a choice that he thinks is best for his career. I will always say choose baseball over football because baseball is the sport that as far as we know doesn't kill you. Uh, so if you ever <laughs> want to change... hold it against him, but here I am about to hold it against him. <laughs> I, I mean, our arms are always open, Kyler, if you want to come back and choose the, the better sport. But also, you're going to get that payday real quick in the NFL, in theory. Um, I mean, so, he, but he was going to get his payday in baseball, too, the $4.66 million signing bonus. Yeah, of course. I, I understand, but especially, like, given this offseason where, like, teams clearly don't want to give players substantial sums of money, I get yeah. why, like, you might look at the landscape and be like, huh, maybe, uh, maybe this isn't the sport to be entering right now. So if he wants the easy path to professional-level sports and real money right now, like more power to him but just know that my heart is has evaporated also i mean let's be honest no matter how electrifying he is as an outfielder for the a's he can't possibly be as electrifying as he was as a quarterback at oklahoma and then eventually in the nfl it's like the game just doesn't revolve around you you're not the protagonist of the game in the same way when you're just an outfielder one of nine in the lineup as you are when you're a quarterback so it's ultimately his choice he looked really great in an A's uniform, but we're out of time. We have one second left. Nailed it on the dot. Three minutes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Roy Oswald hit me with this story because you came to me. I just found out about this before we started recording. So this is so this is a anecdote that was tweeted out um, a few weeks ago by the Crawfish Boxes, which is the Astros SB Nation site. Uh, it comes from a sports. Really rolls off the tongue there. This uh, anecdote comes from Sports Illustrated. Uh, I'm assuming a while ago, uh, and I will just I'll give you like the Cliff Notes version of it. So Oswald says it was 1999. My class A ball. My shoulder felt like it was torn. It hurt so much I couldn't sleep at night. He had to take six Advil to go to sleep. It's killing him. Um, he goes a month after I got home after the playoffs. It was still killing me. There was definitely something torn. There's no way it can hurt this much with just tendonitis. I told my wife, I'm going to have to call a doctor. Then he goes on. I was outside working on my truck, checking the spark plug wires. I grabbed Good this old one- American boy. Yeah, exactly. He's working on his truck. Uh, I grabbed this one spark plug wire and the truck started and the current just started shooting bolts through me. Can't even imagine what that pain feels like. Um, that made the muscles in my hand tighten up so I can't let go of this thing. I was holding on to it for what felt like two days, but it was probably just a minute. I couldn't let go. Finally, my foot slipped off the bumper and I got thrown off. When I got up, my arm felt better. I went home and told my <laughs> wife, you're never going to believe what just happened. About a week later, I couldn't feel any pain in there at all. And I haven't since. Wow. My God. Can I start out this this two minutes that we have left here after you read that story so succinctly in one minute? Nice work. Yeah. Please, Lord, New York Mets, do not learn the wrong lessons from this story. Yeah. 
Do not let anyone in the Mets front office read this story or listen to this podcast because they'll start trying to electrocute Noah Syndergaard to fix any soreness he has in his arm. <laughs> um, no joke. It would not surprise me if six months down the line, we're hearing about how driveline baseball is doing this uh, this new electroshock, elect- therapy. <laughs> electroshock therapy for shoulder pains. Honestly, it's going to happen. This is the future that liberals want. Explain to me what you think happened medically. Alex Baisley, MD. Explain what I think happened medically. I have no <laughs> fucking clue. God came down and was like, Roy, you're saved. I appre- God was like, I appreciate a man who works hard on his truck and works <laughs> yeah, hard in his honestly. profession. He's not. He's like, Roy Oswald's head didn't get too big because he was in, the, in an MLB pipeline and he was still fixing his own truck. And so God was like, you know what? I'm not going to end your career. Yeah. That's your have, explanation. Like I have, I have no idea, man. Like, did he just burn off all the nerve endings in his shoulder? I just, Maybe. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. But I am glad. I, I don't want to say I'm glad that Roy Oswalt got shocked by his truck, <laughs> but it worked. In a weird way. So, like, we made my it through the this, other side. My theory is this: that it contracted his muscles so hard. They went into some kind of, not to reuse this word again, but they went into some kind of shock and like started regenerating faster. That's my harebrained snake oil salesman medical theory, but we're yeah. out of time. So no, we don't, this was, don't, don't dive deeper on that. We're out of time. <laughs> no, this is like, this is like the equivalent of his Spider-Man bite, right? Like all of a sudden he gets these yeah. magic powers. He gets the powers of the, of the horsepower in his shoulder and he's just ready to go. Yeah. Roy Oswald into the Spider-Verse. He's one of the alternate universe Spider-Man. <laughs> white Uh, baseball pitcher spider-man that's the one that we were missing (laughs) okay next on the agenda three minutes on the clock free agency is not happening in baseball don't know how we're gonna squeeze this one into three minutes but alex let me pull up the cbs sports free agent tracker for this offseason and see which people have signed and which people have not number one number two no number three no number seven no. Number 12. No. Number 17. No. Number 18. Accepted the qualifying offer. Great job, Hinjin Ryu. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> Number 19. No. Number 20. No. Number 25. No. Number 27. No. So you get the point. Most of the top 30, or about half of the top 30, have not inked contracts yet, including the top two, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and then number four, AJ Pollock. So what are we doing here? Huh? Can you explain to me? It's January 13th. These guys, it seems like today it came out that Bryce Harper is probably leading towards the Phillies, which is weird because I read earlier in the season and everything I read online is fact. I read earlier in the season that he didn't like Philadelphia as the city, which was such a burn. Can you explain <laughs> to me why no one is signing in one minute and 50 seconds? Because that's all we have time for. <laughs> um, No, this just feels like we're rehashing the same stuff that we talked about last season where we were for like hours. We talked yeah, about this for hours. Yeah, honestly. And like, I don't want to just say the same stuff, but genuinely it's because the owners don't want to pay the players what they deserve. I mean, yes, Monty Grandal the other day signed for one year and about 18 million with the Brewers. A one-year deal for a player who is probably one of the top catchers in baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. that's batshit crazy. And yeah. we are now in the middle of January. 
and two of baseball's generational superstars haven't signed with teams because there are only three who are like, yeah, we'll pay you what you deserve, despite the fact that every single team could afford them if they really wanted to, if they were really interested in fielding a competitive on-field product. So right. I like it genuinely seems like we're headed towards a some Work sort selfish. of strike or, or lockout or something. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Jake Arietta's tweet yesterday about how he, he was basically saying, hey, younger players, players who are in your like first through third years in the major leagues, like take a look at yeah. the market because this is what you're headed towards. You're next. And he's right. I like, did this see is, Jake Arietta's this, tweet. He is right in this context, but also he's a Trumpy. So uh, it's yeah, not exactly he, like you're uh, supporting yes. unions everywhere else in your life. No, of course not. But he's not wrong. Like, no, this not. is exactly... And one has to think that the young players are honestly going to wake up, right? We had Kenley Jansen last offseason talking about the possibility of a strike. And things have only gotten worse. So <laughs> yeah. who knows, man? Uh, we're, we just ran out of time, but to kind of wrap up that point... The biggest problem here is not that the people who sign these contracts aren't getting enough money. It's that they're limited in the first seven years of their career to make there's a ceiling on how much they can make. And then at the end, if the whole thesis of that system is so that you make money later in your career. But if you're not even getting signed later in your career, then it just seems like you're getting ripped off the whole time. Yeah, Um, the, the majority of free agents... At this point, the way the system works, you don't hit free agency until you're basically on the downturn of your career. So, like, arbitration is broken, free agency is broken, like, there's a whole host of issues going on here. And meanwhile, Tony Clark is like, well, what if we get the players seat warmers on their buses so, like, their butts are nice and warm on their (laughs) long bus rides? Like, (laughs) what if we, what if they get free Gatorade? Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, okay, moving on. Three minutes on the clock. The New York Mets off-season transactions. What's going on? <laughs> you tell me, Bobby. <laughs> seems like the Mets are making a lot... It seems like Brody is draining the farm system to add a lot of fringe players to me. When I look at what the Mets have done in totality for this off-season, it seems like rather than signing free agent players and going over $200 million for their payroll this season, it seems like they're electing to trade younger players who are in low A and far away from the major leagues, but are promising prospects nonetheless to get guys like J.D. Davis, to get guys like Keon Broxton, to, I don't know, get get like minor league arms, things like that. And I mean, I don't, I don't dislike Keon Broxton. I think this is a a nod towards defense, which is something that the Mets haven't had in the outfield. There's a lot of positional overlap with um, Juan Lagares, but you know, Lagares hasn't played more than like 70 games. I feel like since I've ever been watching him and he's fun while he's on the field, but he doesn't make great contact and he's hurt all the time. So I don't mind a nod toward defense. I don't mind making trades in a slow market. It's a little bit of what the Brewers did last year, but the Brewers didn't make trades in a slow market. They made signings in a slow market. So if Brody was signing guys, if Brody was going after some of these guys at the in the 20 to 30 range of this free agent list that I just read off, um, I wouldn't be terribly mad at it. But it seems like depleting your farm system for guys who aren't going to make a demonstrable difference compared to the free agents that you could have signed in terms of dollars per war this year 
at that point, it just seems like you're penny pinching a little bit. So, you know, the Mets signed Wilson Ramos. I'm happy about that. They, to this point, knocking on what, as I say this, have not traded any of their key players, namely Noah Syndergaard. So it can't be totally mad at Brody, but this strategy, this strategy only pays off if you're Dave Dombrowski and you're trading for like A-list blue chip guys like Chris Sale. It doesn't pay off to just train your farm system to get J.D. Davis. Sorry. Like, it's <laughs> utility infielders is not what we're looking for here. Hey, you signed my boy Jed Lowry. We did sign your boy Jed Lowry, and he's been playing, I honestly think, a little bit over his head for the last few years, but I could be wrong. He could just be a guy who's just gotten permanently better, you know? I don't know where we're going to put Jed Lowry. It seems like Jeff McNeil is going to be in the outfield and he's going to be part of that like lock jam out there. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, but. it's like it's like one of these things where like you're just signing a lot of parts and then you'll figure yeah. it out around spring training. And like, that's fine. But there's no you want to see that complemented with like an actual effort to like solidify positions and sign a like a real star of some sort not that you're ever going to yeah. sign Manny Machado although you could but um, yeah it's like well we're just going to sign a bunch of other things and then like we'll figure it out down the road and it's like that's not how you build a baseball team our, I mean our time is up on this topic so I don't want to go too long on this because I feel like I always end up ranting about the Mets not spending enough money but to kind of wrap up this conversation I don't hate that strategy I think it becomes a little bit dangerous when you try to sign the right guy for every position because then if that guy gets hurt, that guy was your whole plan. So I'm not mad at having extra pieces around the edge to fill in for 20 games. Like I think there's real value to that over the course of a 162-game season. But when you also have the extra money to get a star on top of that, it just makes me a little less excited about Jed Lowry. You know, When the yeah. Mets haven't even taken a meeting with Bryce Harper or with Manny Machado for essentially no reason, at least for the Machado part of it, because it's not like Todd Frazier is like a roadblock to playing Manny Machado at third. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Yeah. Um, I love Todd and he's from New Jersey, if you didn't know. But um, now we're like comically over the timeline that we set for three minutes and whatever. <laughs> it's really on brand because it's the Mets. I will say like as an A's fan, like, like you were saying, um, there's not necessarily a problem with like just signing parts, but there is, I think a ceiling to that right it's like that will only take you so far you need to actually there actually need especially like if this is your window like there's got to be some sort of commitment to just like going all in and being like this is it, it's now or never right like Jed Lowry is as much as I love him is not going to carry you to the world series or maybe he will and you'll just get lucky like who fucking knows it's baseball it's a crapshoot yeah I mean they're treating it they're, they are treating it like their window. You can tell by the way they're trading away prospects and by the way they're giving all this money. By the way they're trading away prospects and by the way they're holding on to all of their best assets right now. Um, but, you know, why go 90% of the way there? Stop trying to recreate 2015 is what I would say to that strategy. Because yeah. that was a fluke, honestly. That was a total fluke. Because that was before the Cubs got good. That was... Um, before the Dodgers continue to just add stacked young talent. Like there's a lot, there's a lot bigger of a hill to climb. Now the NL was down that year and the pitching carried them, but you're not going to recreate that. So yeah, let's move on. Uh, final topic in the speed round, which is starting to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> 
off-season updates for our new adopted teams. So Ooh. I'll let you go first on this one since my voice is getting hoarse after yelling about the Mets <laughs> for five straight minutes. Um, the Minnesota Twins, what's up? Uh, Twins signed Nelson Cruz. That's dope. I love me some Nelly. Uh... That's really that's kind of been it this season or this off season. They they signed Jonathan Scope, which is cool. I don't mind him. I like him. He hits dingers, and I love yeah. I love me some dingers. They signed Ro- Ronald Torres, former Yankee, uh, small boy, and uh, he's also fun. As you can see, I very much know what's going on in the Twins sphere because my analysis <laughs> is that this 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 guy is cool and nice and hits stingers um yeah so the twins are making moves also i will say update on folk hero williams astudio in the venezuelan winter league he admired his home run in the most incredible of ways like genuinely it's the most ballsy wonderful home run admiration I've ever seen because he he gets down he he crushes one to left field ends up on one knee and then just leans on the bat and had, admires his home run and then like taunts around the bases I mean it's genuine I'll put the link in the description because it's one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen like that's some Michelangelo shit right there the twins are going to be low-key fun to watch because of Astadio and because Nelson Cruz has been like the fourth best hitter in baseball over like yeah. the last five years. He's I mean, like he's 60 years like, old and yeah, he's, he's like really old. So good. <laughs> and he's just, he's got old man strength like nobody else. Yeah. Um, and he just like muscles and crushes home runs out. But um, I'm glad you filled up two of these three minutes because really all I have to say about the San Francisco Giants, a team that I now like because of a <laughs> stupid offseason gig that we did, is that they signed second baseman Bravik Valera. Hey. Alex, do you want to take a guess at Bravik Valera's career OPS plus? We'll end on this. Uh, Just a guess. OPS plus, I'm going to say 49. <laughs> 48. I hate you so much. Why <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah. You're always too good for these damn guessing segments. I'm going to stop doing them. <laughs> Bravik uh, Valera, oh my, my guy. Come on the pod. Yeah. He was worth negative 0.1 war last year, and he's been worth negative 0.3 war for his career. So I don't know. Last year wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right. We're oh, going to take a man. quick break. When we come back, we are going to get to the news that is arguably even bigger than Bryce Harper's hair. What harm in the wild? Bounty foul. Never check, never count. I suggest you plow. I'm the set synagogue. Get blessed by the God. Don't get clapped on. This young black man with a backbone in a black home. I'm come back on in a Batmobile, black no chrome. Yeah. The very last thing we have to talk about on this week's episode, obviously, the off season might be slow, but the Tebow content never stops. Our boy, the prodigal son of the pod, got engaged this week at Disney World. Engaged uh, at Disney World. That could be a Disney Channel original movie. Do you think he's getting paychecks from ABC? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, he actually is getting paychecks from ABC and yeah. ESPN because he's a college <laughs> yeah, yeah, football yeah. analyst. <laughs> um, Tebow, who is 31 years old, thanks to foxnews.com for uh, <laughs> getting this content for us. That's this is I'm the gonna only cut time that I would ever audio give out <laughs> of you saying thanks to foxnews.com, and I'm just gonna tweet it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, Tebow, who's 31, proposed to 
his fiance, whose name, and this is real, his fiance's name is Demi Lay Nell Peters. That's two hyphenated names, first and last. <laughs> That's uh, a wild name. Wild it's a name. wild name. It sounds, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like four different reindeers. <laughs> <laughs> um, he proposed to her outside at his family's farm outside of Jacksonville, Florida. Of course. First of in, all. Engaged in Florida. <laughs> Tim Tebow has never once deviated from his brand. He's I even know. better than us at it. Yeah. Um, and then they went and celebrated at Disney World, which is actually that's a move right there. Like fairy tale come to life. Jeez. Yeah, actually, they look beautiful to propose in this to me. Photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess she Tim Tebow with the haircut high and tight in this photo, dude. Yeah, right. It looks like Jarhead. <laughs> she's um, she's a beauty queen. She's the former Miss Universe, of course, naturally. Um, and they met at a Tebow Foundation event for people with disabilities. So, right on. This is there's uh, one quote from Tim Tebow in this Fox News article about the engagement, and this mm-hmm. is what Tim Tebow. This is what Tim Tebow had to say about his to be wife. He said, "Quote: I'm sur- I'm sure she's got some great ideas. It's going to be really exciting, and I can't wait uh, for yes. the wedding." I don't know. There's no context. I'm sure she's got some great ideas. She's yeah. She has. I mean, she's got thoughts, baby. Yeah, she's sentient. <laughs> yeah. So, so, what do you feel about your new wife? Oh man, she's a she's a real thinker. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I have two things to throw out at you. Number one, I saw somebody tweeting screenshots of like Proud Boy Twitter after Tebow got engaged, like trying to find proof in the past that his now fiance is like religious because you know like because i mean this is foxnews.com right like you know tebow is like their icon because he would never back down from his religion all the whole time that he was in the spotlight and he's never done anything wrong so you know like right wing loves tebow yeah and i mean this is this is so shitty and like so invasive and exploitative and uh like uh, why are you trying to find a bar for tim tebow's wife to clear but they were like trying to look back in her past for like evidence that she's like religious enough for him which is such a shitty thing to do but also i love that like tim tebow getting married is like content that you and i would love to talk about and also content that like sends the right wing twitter into a spiral (laughs) (laughs) okay that's number one number two um, I was at work when this happened, when I found out about this and I, you know, texted you in all caps. I was like, this is huge for the podcast. And I like said it out loud because I was so excited. And one of my coworkers was sitting next to me and he goes, who is America's preeminent virgin now? Now that Tim <laughs> Tebow is married. <laughs> he was like, Russell Wilson got married to Sierra. So he's off the list. Yeah. Tebow is married to a Miss Universe. Like, you know, they're they're gonna get married eventually. Or he Tebow's engaged. They're gonna get married eventually. So he he holds the belt for now, but like whenever they get married with her ideas, you know, when the yeah. ideas come to light, to come to fruition. Uh who's taking the belt? I don't really know. It's probably not someone as good as Russell Wilson or Tim Tebow. Maybe we should just look to mobile <laughs> uh, yeah. quarterbacks. Mobile former Let's quarterbacks. See. Let's Google famous virgins. Uh <laughs> Mother Teresa, dead. Um, 
<laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let's see. Lo- this is weird. How do we know all these things? All these, wait, what? Lolo Jones, Tim Tebow, Tina Fey, and more famous virgins. What the fuck, man? We know way Tina too much Fey? about celebrities. I would have predicted that. Emmanuel Kant? That's <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> these people Spears. are not alive. Famous living virgins. Uh, the Jonas Brothers? Yeah, but two of them uh, are married now. Henry David Thoreau? That's because he only fucked trees. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The podcast is off the rails, so we have to stop. I'm putting it, it into a, this. Wait, 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 wait. I got one more thing for you. Real quick, before we deviate from the Tebow content, you want to hear what a romantic Tebow is? I <laughs> this do. Is, this, is what Boy, Tebow, do I. this is what Tebow said as he slipped the ring on her finger. He said, this ring is internally flawless, just like you. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. You have to spend the rest of your life with this man. Get out. Get now, Demi Lay, now Peters, while you still can. No, no. Don't get out. The content. <laughs> the content. How could Tim go on trudging through the Mets minor league system without Demi Lay or Demi Lee? Yeah, we can be saying Peters. Totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Well, I wish the 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 lucky couple the best of the best of. I don't know how to phrase that. <laughs> I'm wishing I'm wishing all the best to the lucky couple down the road. I'm sure that they will do great things and both have great ideas together. Incredible mind melds. Baby, 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 I'm coming home to your tender sweet your mind. Alex, this was a fun first episode of 2019. Weird year 2019 that I'm not used to. It doesn't really feel like January. I'm very disoriented out here because it's still like 50 to 60 degrees. And now it's the new year. It's like the middle of winter, but it doesn't feel that way. So come to New York, coward. It's 30 30 here. (laughs) Calling me out. I literally am coming to New York next weekend. Oh, which reminds me, I'm not really sure what the plan is for next weekend, whether or not we're going to have an episode. We'll keep you posted via Twitter um, if you're just sitting, you're sitting, refreshing your feed, waiting for the new episode to come (laughs) after this incredible A-list episode this week. But uh, I want to thank everyone for listening into the new year. And uh, Alex, anything left to add for everyone? We made a plea last week for listener questions, listener engagement, and we didn't get any. And it honestly made me really sad. Stop telling people. Stop telling people we're lame. Tell I mean, them we got a lot. I mean, actually, we got a lot. We had so many we didn't even we couldn't even answer them all. Um, so we decided to answer none of them out of fairness to all of you. But you know, keep sending I mean, them. Yeah. Keep sending them our way. It doesn't even have to be about baseball. Honestly, like if you want to talk about like the economy or t- mm. freaking Tim Tebow, like let's do it. Yes. We'll do an entire episode devoted to that. All right. And that's tippingpitchespod at gmail.com, tipping underscore pitches on Twitter. Uh, hit us up with some kind of review somewhere, whether it's Apple or Radio Public. There's a baby yelling in the background, which means I have to go. But hopefully this is the last episode where there's a baby yelling in the background because I'm moving into an apartment in L.A. So now you come to L.A., coward. Oh, I'm the coward. You are the coward. And you know who's not the coward? The listener. So thank you, guys. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Boo. (laughs) Thanks, y'all. What a hero.
thanks to foxnews.com. Uh, the Jonas Brothers. Thank you to everyone who listened at all to our year in review show last week. Um, we're going to be back on our normal track this week. Uh, but before we get into it, I'm Bobby Wagner. And my radiator is acting up. <laughs> and I'm Alex Baisley. Ah, I don't want to say that while it's banging. <laughs>